Hi, welcome to the ministry of Prophet Daniel Jedu, a word and spirit based ministry because we are born of the word and born of the spirit. His God given mandate is to raise babes in Christ into spiritual maturity by a deliberate teaching of the complete and pure word of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and to take the gospel to the nations of the earth. Prophet Daniel Jedu is the lover of the word and a passionate teacher of the word of God. And his ministry is accompanied by strong teaching, healing, and prophetic grace. All over the world, his teachings are busting the faith of many people and revealing what the mind of God is for them. Many people have come to receive supernatural encounters through his ministry. The message you are about to listen to has been designed specifically to grow you into spiritual maturity. So many people have received testimonies by listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast. Say your testimony with leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or you can send it to us via email at contact at wordloversglobal.com. Now, Prophet Daniel Jedu walks us through the word. Stay tuned. Okay, so we continue from yesterday. We are talking about we have the promise by faith in Christ. We have the promise by faith in Christ. So yesterday we went through Hebrews chapter 11 from verse 1 all the way to, to verse um, 40. And we saw amazing faith, heroes and heroines. We saw all the various faith lifestyles from all the people and everyone had their own kind of faith every one of them and i said that hebrews chapter 11 mentions the people but the main purpose of hebrews chapter 11 is not about the people but it's about the the faith of the people so if you want to follow the people you might miss the faith what God wanted to show you was not actually the people, but the faith of the people. Because there were a lot of people in the Bible, but God never um, addressed some in this scripture. The Holy Spirit did not put them here in Hebrews chapter 11, but for these ones, because there was something unique with them, and that was their faith. So Hebrews chapter 11 must be read in context, in understanding. Otherwise, you would want to be like one of them. God is excited to put them in scripture and talk about them. And the Bible says even their faith is half full. We that have full faith, we can't even deal with common cough, stomach pain, stomach this. We can't deal with it. Meanwhile, the Bible says that they are the cloud of witnesses around us, watching us. They would think their time was even better than us. Because we don't want to go through fire to ensure that faith really works. Yet we want the result that faith gives. I'll show you something. Go to Romans chapter 4 verse 1. Show amplified. I want to show you something. Look, look at what the Bible said. He said, but if so, what shall we say about Abraham, our forefather, humanly speaking? What did he find out? What did he find out? Abraham found something that made him the father of many nations. He found out something. You think this spiritual thing is just a joke? No. People found out something that, that did it for them. I was surprised. The Holy Spirit, 
I've been, I've been reading my Bible throughout the whole day. And the Holy Spirit just took me here. And I saw it. And he, he asked me that question. And I saw it. And he said, what, what Abraham found out? What did he find out? How does this affect his position? And what was gained by him? He found out something that was able to affect his position and was able to what? He gained something by it. Faith is not, is not child's play. Can I say the King James? You put it bluntly. He said, what shall we say then that Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, had found? The man found something. And, and God dedicated a whole chapter of Romans just to talk about this father. Yet when you go to the book of Romans, it even didn't start with Abraham. It started with Abel. started with Enoch. But when they got to Abraham, God spent some time to talk about him and raised him up and said, this guy is the father of all faith. So the guy found something. In the Christian work, there are things you find. If it is health, you find, how do I get well? You find it. And once you find it, you get the result out of it. That's what the Bible puts it and said, he that cometh to God, let him believe that he is and is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So you can have health. And what I'm going to tell you tonight, you have health, but you are always sick. You haven't found it yet. The day you find it, the Bible says it will add to your position and you will gain from it. Because these are the higher things of life that God has given his people. So you realize that sometimes you are, you are okay. It looks like you believe that things are working for you and blah, blah. Yes, you have that feeling because somebody said it over and over and it looked like it got into you, but you haven't found. You must find it. This is the Holy Spirit talking. He said, Abraham found. Then he began to talk about Abraham. And he did go back to talk about how David confirmed what Abraham found and said that the blessedness of these people. This is something that Abraham found. So don't just use this work. Otherwise, you, it won't help you. <laughs> you ask yourself, you know, I'm going to take time. We are going to find out what Abraham found. Concerning faith. Abraham was not a New Testament uh, 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 person. How much, how, how did he become a father even of Jesus Christ? His faith made him a father of Jesus. Look at it, Hebrews 11. Look at the verse 39 and 40. I want to show you something. Yesterday we ended the Bible saying that even their faith was not full and their faith was not perfect. It doesn't come into perfection without ours. Without ours. He said these were the true heroes. God called them true heroes commended them for their faith. God commended them for their faith. But uh, you see, if you understand 39 and 40, you realize that these guys lived raw faith. Raw faith. You, your faith is not raw. Your faith is in Christ. It's not raw. Their faith was not in Christ. You are living in the faith that has already made things available for you. For them, the Bible says they sought for the thing. They didn't get it. You, what are you looking for? Nothing. Because you have been given. Raw faith. So God commended them for it. Yet they lived in hope. Without receiving the fullness of what was promised them. I said, Abba. God commended their faith. 
And God calls them true heroes. So the one who God calls a hero is not the one who built 20 mansions. No. It's the one who walks in the fullness of faith. God calls them heroes. The Bible says, yet, yet, they lived in hope without receiving the fullness of what was promised them. Meanwhile, the Bible says that faith is a substance of things hoped for. So if they walked in faith and yet they lived in hope, it means that the faith did not come into reality. Do you understand? See, the verse 1 began to say that faith is the substance of things hoped for. Then he said it's the evidence of things not seen. Then here, in verse, between uh, verse 4, verse 2, he began to talk about how they, they gain good report out of the faith. Out of faith. Then verse 3, he began to talk about how the, the aeons were formed. Even God used faith. Then verse 4, he began to talk about men, natural men in the Old Testament that used faith. Raw faith. To, to stand firm. Some took decisions. Some were moved. Some raised dead babies back to life. Some died by faith. Some did all, all these amazing things that the Bible spoke of. When he got to 39, he said, they lived by faith. God commended them their faith. Yet, they lived in hope without receiving the fullness of what was promised them. So I'm saying that faith means, faith, the, 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 um, the nature of faith is substance of things hoped for. The Amplified says that, go to verse 1, it says that faith brings hope to reality. Okay, hope into reality. Which means that these guys, the faith they had, even though they got something, it was not reality. They got some rewards, but it was not reality. So faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. So he just showed, he just opened up for you what exactly makes faith or hope come into reality. So in verse 39, he said, even though God commended them, yet they lived in hope. It means that they are hope and whatever they got, God still called it hope. Then in 40, he began to say that. Now, God has invited us to live in something better than what they had. Which means that God has not called us to live in results that are still found in hope. But the fullness of faith which means that faith has fullness. Faith must be full. But their faith was not full. Did they, did they get some results? Because the Bible says some brought their children back to life. Yes. But they died again. They died again. They got some results. But that result was not in reality. I will explain. You will understand. The Bible says this is so that they could be brought to finished perfection alongside us. So you can see a division of the raw faith of these people and us. So the question is, what kind of faith do we have that is so much that it ought to bring 
the people into perfection. But the answer is in 39. The Bible says that they did not receive the fullness of what was promised them. What was promised them. Alright. So we need to understand that what was promised them. What was the promise? Now, if God says that he has called us into faith that is more than them, it means that we have gotten that promise. The fullness of their faith is the promise. But they didn't get the promise, so their faith was not full. So whatever they did, it was raw. It was raw. If they had gotten the promise, it would have been full. But they didn't get it. That's what the Bible is saying. Now, Hebrews 1 gave you an idea of what the promise could be. He says that hope comes into reality. And we know what reality means. Truth, which is Christ. What the Bible is trying to say here is that, and then to go back to Abraham, the Bible says that Abraham's faith made him a father of all these guys. Now, what made Abraham's faith superior than the faith of these people? Abraham's faith was not raw like that. Abraham's faith was because he believed in Christ. And so when he believed in Christ, he received a kind of faith that was higher than all. What does this mean? The kind of faith Abraham had is completion in itself. This guy's faith was looking forward to completion. Abraham's faith was actually completion. I've taught you this before. The finished work and the return word. Abraham's faith was in Christ. If it is in Christ, then he's the finished work. Abraham's faith was not looking forward to anything. Abraham's faith was convincing himself that it is. You get the difference? Okay. Now, faith is complete only in Christ. Faith is only complete in Christ. If your faith is not in Christ, it can, be a, it can be a kind of faith, but it is not complete. Never will be complete. It will be the kind of faith that these old people walk through. What is the difference? The faith that is found in Christ has already finished the thing. The faith that these old guys had is looking for the thing that is already finished. And they can never find it in full. They, can, they will try. They try. That's why the Bible says God commended them. God commended them. Charlie, you try. <laughs> now, out of all the people in the Bible, I didn't even see, was Solomon there? Solomon was not there. So, not everybody. And they all lived to please God. Was David there? David was there. So, you could tell that even King Solomon, who the Bible says that was the richest man, the wisest man that ever lived, his name was not found in the fathers of faith. So, what kind of life did he live? You see, this will make the Bible interesting to find out. 
you like you check the lifestyle of Solomon and check if you find faith. I tell you, the guy was living on his father's legacy. David is here. Uh huh. He said, and what more could I say to convince you? For there is not enough time to tell you of the fate of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David. So David is here. Samuel. And who? And the prophet. I, don't see, I didn't see the kings. You see, your mind must speak the mind of God. So, for, for God to actually pick a few people, the Holy Ghost doesn't make a mistake. Oh. He chose people that actually lived by faith. And these guys, they worked raw faith. They had to believe the word of God. No wonder they kept making mistakes here and there. Yet they kept pushing. <laughs> they kept pushing. Look at Rahab. How does her behavior qualify to be faith? Because something about Christ just showed up. That's all. Just a red rope. Just a red rope catapulted there to join the, the list of faith uh, people. But Solomon the king didn't find his name there. This is what should intrigue you to want to spend time and study and say, ah, Solomon's lifestyle. Why is he not here? You should be disturbed. But when we talk about richest kings and men of influence, his name was there. It means that there were a lot of things he was doing perhaps without faith. He was just doing them because they were at his beck and call. You see? And I, I even think the reason why he, maybe the Bible didn't see him as a man of faith truly throughout the Bible was because from the beginning he got everything. Money. I'm telling you, sometimes too much of things will kill your faith. Because you live, you live, look, people are coming. And you see, God's word sustained him. Mike, go to Grand Piano. I want to show you something. Grand Piano. Give me a door. No, just bam. Did you hear? Bam. This is without sustain. This is human words. Bam. Okay. Now sustain that thing you played. Okay. So the same effect, right? Bam. Do it again. Did you hear? Yes. Now add sustain. Can you see that? What is the sustain doing? Sustain is holding the thing for a long time. See, somebody's life impact can sustain you for a while, but will die along the way. God's word to Solomon sustained him for a while. The guy lived under the sustaining effect of his father. Isaac, the same. Jacob, the same. But those two guys were wise. Because in Genesis 26, God told Isaac that I am doing this for you because of your father Abraham. Then when he got to Jacob, he said, I'm doing this for you because of your father Isaac. So their effects sustained them. But for how long? So Jacob made a mistake and caused the whole of Israel to go into bondage because he left. If he himself had gained, of course, Jacob lived in faith for a while, but you know, 
they always refer to, and look at the whole of Israel. They always, and our father Abraham, our father Moses, our father, our father. They kept living in the sustaining anointing of the fathers, not their own. Not, not their own anointing. No wonder when Jesus came, they still refer Moses. It's like your, your uncle is very rich, but you are from a poor home. You realize that anytime you talk, you always refer to, you know my uncle, you know my uncle, you know my uncle, maybe my best surname. Bearing surname is only sustaining the fact that you come from this family. But the wealth itself, you have not gotten. For all of us, if God is supposed to write a list of faith people today, every born again is found in there. Nobody's out. Every one of us, because our faith is in Christ. Okay. So, the Bible says that God commended them, yet they did not receive the fullness of faith. They did not receive the promise. What does it mean? It was the promise that would have made them full and complete. Even angels don't have the fullness. Even angels, they don't have the fullness. I'm telling you, they don't. They are angels by chance, by creation and by assignment. But we have the promise. Yeah, I know you are not responding because you don't know the promises yet. <laughs> the only person that was so close, see, the whole promise was talking about was just the glory of God. That's all. It was just the glory of God. That makes their faith complete. And when I say the glory of God, you know I'm talking about somebody. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was the one to make, he was the one to make their faith full. But the Holy Spirit will not come except in Christ and through Christ. So these amazing people who raised dead people up did amazing things. God just commended, but I was not full. Which means, if you are in their time, if I raise a dead body today, God will cherish it much more because it is in fullness. Because I will do it in the name of Jesus. Can you see that? You see the difference? Okay. I'm seeing how they raised dead bodies in the Old Testament. And how they raise dead bodies in the New Testament. How many people raise dead bodies in the Old Testament? How many? Wh which people raise dead bodies? Elijah? Elisha? And who else? The two. The two. So how many dead bodies were raised in the New Testament? Plenty. In the fullness, you get abundance. Because there's glory. <laughs> can you see that yes, Peter raised dead bodies Paul raised dead bodies Jesus raised dead bodies and they are uncountable today people are still raising dead bodies today yes. you see that is why when Jesus came even Elijah and Elisha's story of raising the dead was not too familiar with them if it was when Jesus came to Lazarus they would have believed do you get it 
Because for them, it's not common. Those two guys, Charlie, the grace they carried was different. But they were still not born again. So it wasn't ringing in their minds. Otherwise, when Jesus came to Lazarus' tomb, they wouldn't have laughed. Because they would know that, oh, even Elijah did, even Moses did this, even the, you know, today, if somebody raises a dead body, it is intriguing, but not too much, because Jesus did it, Peter did it, Paul did it. Can you see that? Because we have come to the fullness of glory. Our generation, our time, we have come to the fullness of, of glory. Why? The promise has come. Now, what is this promise? The Holy Spirit, I told you. And the Holy Spirit only came by Christ. Okay? The Holy Ghost could not have come except through Christ or by Christ. So I'm going to show you something. But before that, let me just advise you. The reason why you must believe God's word, only believe, without reasoning, or remarking, or adding comments, is because what God says, you can't add to it. What God has said, you cannot undo, or you cannot redo. If you add to what he has said, you have actually taken from what he has said. Are you listening? But you will be shocked how we add to his word, even in prayer. You say things he hasn't said. You add to. Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? Only believe. Whether the prayer you are praying from the word of God, what God has said, it makes sense to you. It addresses, you feel that it addresses your marital problem or not. Allow that word to flow. Believe it. Don't add to it. Don't add to make you feel okay, to make it come into your personal space. You know what you have done? You would have diluted what he said. It will not produce what it said. So when they ask Jesus, how do we pray? Do you know Jesus didn't really want to teach them how to pray? Because they saw John's people praying. Then he said, John's people are praying. John has taught his people how to pray. You too. Meanwhile, Jesus had been working with them for a while. The disciples and all that. Because he was there. They didn't need to pray. They didn't need to take whatever he takes. Eat whatever he eats. Go wherever he goes. Until they asked. Because they saw John teach his people how to pray. I'm wondering. You know why the Bible never recorded John's prayer? Because that's not why he was sent. And Jesus didn't teach us how to pray. He gave us a model of prayer. The one who teaches us how to pray hadn't come yet. The Holy Ghost. So when the Holy Ghost came, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 13 to 14, he said, the words we speak, we speak not as words that man's wisdom teaches us, but as the Holy Ghost teaches us. So no wonder when the Holy Ghost came in Acts chapter 2 verse 4, immediately the Bible says that, and he, he, the Holy Ghost, he gave them utterance. He gives you the words, the vocabulary to speak. Because <laughs> that is the ultimate prayer that God wants for a man. The God kind of prayer. Are you with me? 
Look at it. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began, this is the promise. And began to speak. When the Holy Ghost came, they began to speak. When the Holy Ghost came, they began to speak. With other tongues. As the Holy Spirit gave them. Gave them. He's the teacher of prayer. He gives you the vocabulary. Why? Because the kind of words the Holy Ghost gives you, they are the finished work. They witness the finished work of Christ. You can never pray any prayer by the Holy Ghost that is outside the finished work of Christ. Why? And how do we know that? We've learned it already. He came to glorify him. He said, this speak of the Holy Ghost, which should come, but he will only come after Christ has been glorified. And when Christ was about to be glorified, he said, it is expedient, it is important for you that I go. Because the promise, and I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit was, he was waiting. You know, Baton? The Holy Ghost was just, he was just waiting. He was, he was just waiting for Jesus to be glorified. Then he picks the baton and rushes to us. Because when he comes, he will teach us all things. He will teach us the best way to pray, the best way to give, the best way to love, the best way. Everything that the Father has within him is the Holy Ghost that teaches. <laughs> so Jesus said, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. That is how come they didn't get the promise. Because it is Jesus that will send him. But this Jesus had not come. How can the Holy Ghost come? So they had faith, but it was raw. Your faith is fulfilled and complete. Only in Christ. It's clear now. So the promise. Let's look at the promise. Now before that, look at it. The only person in the Old Testament, the only person, the only person, because all of them in the Old Testament, they were working, living raw faith, so they can receive this Holy Spirit or this Jesus. Now here, when I say Jesus and Holy Spirit, even though they are two independent persons, I'm talking about the unity of these. Okay? So at a point, I'm talking about, when I mention Jesus, I'm still talking about the Holy Spirit. And when I talk about the Holy Spirit, I'm talking about, talking about Jesus. So I'll be interchanging them, but they're the same. For this purpose. Because the promise here was not actually Jesus. The promise was not Jesus. Okay? How do I know that? When God began to speak to Abraham, he said, the promise is for you and your seed. The promise. The promise is for you and your seed. So Jesus was not the promise. But the promise is still Jesus. As somebody, I'll show you. Galatians chapter 3 verse 14. Can we check something? Okay, he said that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Ah, the blessings. That we might receive, look at it. We might receive what? The 
promise of the spirit. Through what? Do you know what it is? They could never have received the promise. Because the one who stands between them and the promise had not come yet. Without Jesus, no Holy Spirit. <laughs> so the spirit is received through faith. This is where our faith is complete. And it is full. Go on. Let's do it from 12. And the law is not of faith. But the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ has redeemed us from the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone who hangs on the tree. Then he said that the blessing of Abraham might come unto the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive their promise. So Jesus is not their promise. Can we establish that? The same way in Genesis, when God was promising Abraham, he said, the promise is to you and your seed. Do you remember? Who is the seed? Christ. He was talking to whom? Abraham and his seed. He said the promise will come. Okay? Alright. So all the Old Testament people, what were they doing? They knew there was a promise. Because God said it. The promise was not Canaan. No. The promise was not a promised land. There was the promised land. Which actually was not a new promise. You know that. The promise of Canaan, the land of Canaan, was not actually new. Because in, is it Genesis 36? God actually met Jacob face to face on Canaan. Face to face. He saw the face of God, which is actually not the face of God, because they couldn't see him. Okay? So it, it was figurative that he met him there. And the Bible says, and he built um, an altar and named the place Bethel, house of God, because he met God there. And he departed, we learned it, to go and look for wives. So he let Canaan go to go and look for wives. Conditions pushed him out again to leave that place after several years because finding wives were just 14 years. So he gave birth and so on and so forth. So he was there maybe 40 years plus. He was still there. But conditions pushed him off to go back to Bethel. And when he went there, he built another altar, anointed the altar and called it El Bethel. You remember? Yes. And that land was Canaan. Then God appeared to him and said, dwell here. Dwell in Canaan. Where did the children of Israel come from? Jacob. So, they were in their land because their father was there. Yet, because of hunger, he left all the way to Egypt into Goshen. It was a good place. It was a place of security. But it wasn't a place of surety. What do I mean by that? God did not give the land to them. But for Canaan, he gave the land to them. Okay? Okay. So, after several years, they started beating the Israelites. Then God said, because you guys don't belong here, let me take you back. It took them another 40 years 
40 years to go back to a land that they could have been they could have been on for several years you see so so the land of Canaan was not actually new if it's a promise it's a promise to those who didn't know is that okay so the promise God was talking about was not the land of Canaan. He was talking about something better than the land of Canaan. So all these Old Testament guys, the thing I want to say that I'm not saying is that they were looking forward to that promise. So some were fully on their way. Some were going through the raw faith. Some were misbehaving on their way for the promise. They were working for the promise. So you see, the Bible calls Noah a man of faith. But I explained to you, the Bible even goes ahead to call him a righteous man. But I explained to you that he wasn't a righteous man because his faith couldn't give him righteousness. If his faith could have given righteousness, then Abraham couldn't have been the father of faith. Because somebody had it. Now, when the Bible says Noah was a righteous man, I told you, it was because of all the people on the land as at that particular point in time, they were pure race human beings. The rest were mixed up. And the rest were perverted and so on and so forth. They were the pure race. The, in fact, they were, they were the right people before God. But not right in, God, in Christ to God. Let me put it this way. They were right before God, but they had no right to him. That's the difference. We have, God sees us as right and we have right to him. That's the fullness of righteousness. Okay? So Abraham believed the kind of faith that God was looking for that gives a person God's righteousness. He was the first person in the whole world during those times. See, Noah was a big man who do you know Noah put the whole world in his ark? God destroyed everything. And out of his ark came everything again. The whole world was in his ark, but it was still not God's perfect righteousness. Okay, so enough about Noah, because he's not the man. Okay, now look at this. Nobody had the glory. Nobody had the opportunity to see the Holy Spirit. The glory of God. You see, the Holy Spirit is the glory of God. If you're talking about God's glory in essence, God's fullness, God's... Huh, that's the Holy Ghost. You know, he's the glory, he's the finger, he's the hand, he's the face, he's the, he's the work, he's the architect, he's the atmosphere, he's the scent, he's the cloud, he's the wisdom... That's the Holy Spirit. That's who he is. He's the face of God. Though. <laughs> when they were praying the Old Testament, they said, may his face shine upon you. They were talking about the Holy Ghost. Yeah, so enough. Now, all these guys couldn't have seen the Holy Ghost because of God's fullness of glory. Now, you see, the reason why now, let me say this one before. The only person, I've been wanting to say this. The only person, let me say it so it gets out of my heart. 
The only person that got so close to seeing the fullness of God's glory and to seeing the Holy Spirit was Moses. But you know what he saw? He saw his back. He didn't see face. He saw back. Exodus. That's what the Bible says. The, he was the only person that got so close. You read that the Bible says, Moses, I speak to him face to face and man to man. It's just figurative. Because the same Bible said that, Moses, you can't see my face and live. He said, nobody sees my face and live. You die. You will die. So the guy didn't see his face. He saw where? His back part. He said, Moses, my goodness will go before thee. Exodus 33, 19. And he said, I will make all my goodness, all my goodness pass before thee. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, thou canst see my face. Thou canst see my face. The fullness of my glory. No. No, no, no. The Holy Ghost. No. For there shall no man see me and live. Now, here he's talking about the fullness of God's glory. The reason why, I've told you why Uzzah died. And a lot of people that died when they dealt with God, certain priests and all that. Even the high priests, they don't go to the holiest of holiest except after one year. In fact, they don't go there anytime they like. Oh, once in a year. Because that is the time God's holiness, God's glory fills the temple. Now, the truth is that when holiness meets sin, death is produced. When glory, when the glory of God meets sin, death. Death. That's why Uzzah died. It's one of them. Because on the ark was the glory. That is the thing the guy wanted to touch. God didn't kill him all. It was what he met. Of course, I told you and we learned, we found out that they didn't do what they ought to do to put the blood on, right? What is sin? Transgressing. Going beyond the border. Or what? Missing the mark. So the guy missed the mark. He missed the mark in the place where God's full glory was. So when glory comes face to face with sin, death is produced automatically. It's not like God will intentionally kill you. What has met glory will produce something. Is that it produces life? Or it produces death? Because God was showing forth his raw glory. When Jesus came, all God's raw glory was now found in Christ. And so it's like Christ is like a transformer that brought down the intensity of the glory. You know, people think that God intentionally killed people. The man is holy. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't try to be holy. That's his nature. And there are some requirements around his holiness. You don't trespass around his holiness. There will be a result. If you stay within the confines of his holiness, 
you are safe. You have more life. Okay? All right. So Moses was the only person that, that almost saw the face of God. And the Bible says, even that one, God said, we're reading. God said, you stand upon the rock by me. And then he said, and I will pass by. And it shall come to pass my glory. Passeth by. He said, my glory passeth by. That I will put thee in a cleft of the rock. And will cover thee with my hand. While I pass by. So he was talking about his spirit. The Holy Spirit. Then he said in 24. I said, I will take away and I will take away my hand and thou shalt see my back part, but my face shall not be seen. In those times, that was how holy the man is. Here, Moses was daring to see the fullness of his glory. He was trying to see what he is not supposed to see. Now, even his back part the man had to be in a typological, symbolic Christ <laughs> for him to be able to see the back part. Because we can only see God and his glory only in Christ. So he put him in the rock. The Bible says in the book of Second, um, um, First Corinthians, he said that the, Second Corinthians said the rock that followed Moses was actually Christ. So that rock was Christ. Not in his fullness, but a typology of Christ or a symbolism of Christ. So God said that, Moses, you have to stand upon the rock. And when I pass, I'll push you into the rock. I'll push you into Christ to give you a foretaste of how men can see me. Look at it. And the Lord said, do NLT. The Lord continued, look, stand near me on this rock. On this rock. As my glorious presence passes by, I will hide you in the crevice of the rock. So I'll push you into the openings. If there's any opening, I'll push you in there and cover you with my hand. I'll cover you. You are in there, but I'll cover you until I pass by. I don't know how long his hand is. Then I will remove my hand and let you see me from behind. So you see my back part. The Bible says that, and all them that drank the spiritual water, for they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them. And that rock was Christ. So Christ was the rock. No man can see God, could have seen God, except in Christ. So Moses, who was the first person and the closest person to have seen God, was because even him, he had to be given a feel in Christ. So he could see the back part of God. This gives you an idea that nobody could have seen God without Christ. Okay. So that was Moses for you. So even Moses did not have the fullness of the promise. He didn't have the fullness of promise. Okay. Thank you for listening to this message. We believe you have been blessed by it. We are Word and Spirit and we invite you to worship with us. You will fall in love with our Wednesday teaching service, Christian Rayma 9 at 6 p.m. Encounter the supernatural in our Friday services, dubbed Night of Bliss at 6 p.m. 
Blessed under the reign of heaven in our Furnace service on Sunday at 8 a.m. Follow the Prophet of God on his official Facebook page, Prophet Danny hyphen L Jedu, and on Instagram as Prophet Danny L Jedu. For videos, you can subscribe to his YouTube channel. Prophet Daniel Jedu's book, Partnership with the Lord is Out, and it's selling fasting prints and on Amazon. This book has all you need to help you assess your God-given right. You can contact Word and Spirit International Contact Services on plus 233-54722-1773 or plus 233-50432-8959 for any inquiries. So many people are listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast on Podbean and many have received testimonies by listening. We want you to share your testimony with us by leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or sending it to us via email to contact at wordloversglobal.com. You were made to live from glory to glory and your testimony is about to shake the world. You are blessed.